When my husband and I met, we both worked at UPS. UPS drivers at that time made a lot of money. I think they started at $20 an hour in the late 90s. I looked it up and adjusted for inflation. That's about $36 an hour now. Good benefits, a steady gig, lots of overtime during the holidays. That's not what we did. We worked in the warehouse. We both started as loaders. At that time, each loader was assigned certain trucks and given a cheat sheet with zip codes that, we, that went to those places. Each package was scanned and then loaded. It was like Tetris, only with really heavy boxes that may or may not have been packed well. As a loader, I often had to lift packages over my head. One of the companies that my shift handled sent monitors, the old CRE, CRT ones that weighed a gazillion pounds. I learned quickly that those boxes are great to stand on. <laughs> and that was a lot easier than going and getting a ladder that would just get in the way. We shipped Christmas trees and cold storage containers with biological materials. And the heaviest package I ever encountered was this small little box about the size of a shoebox, and it contained tank treads. They were so, it was such a heavy box that I thought it was glued to the floor. I worked there during college about two and a half years, and Ryan worked there for three to four on and off. We were professional package handlers. So you might imagine that we too can pack and move things together. It seems reasonable. It has gotten better. Age, experience, and maybe exhaustion have improved our cooperation, but it's still not great. Like moving a couch. We both know how to do it, it's obvious, but neither of us can do it alone. And the way that is obvious to me, it turns out, is not obvious to him. One of us does it correctly. There has been more than one time when we were on either end of, an, uh, of a heavy, awkward cabinet, trying to navigate a narrow doorway and shouting at each other in language that would make a sailor blush. We've had to learn, sometimes in very hard ways, how to do things together. And isn't that what it is to be in relationship? We always have to learn to carry things together, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In all of Jesus' ministry, he pushed us toward community, togetherness, nearness, especially with people we didn't necessarily want to be near. Eating and drinking and cracking jokes, Jesus softened people to level their differences. And for that, he was criticized and criticized by the same people who said John the Baptist was too harsh. In today's gospel, we catch Jesus irritated. He says that this generation is like children whining that others don't do what they want them to do. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. He goes on, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. There's no winning. People don't like John the Baptist because he's not nice enough, and they don't like Jesus because he's too nice. John is challenging, Jesus is too easy. No one knows what they want, they just know what they don't want. They're too caught up in their own stuff to be inspired by music or moved by tears. They put one foot in front of the other, 
unengaged except to complain, unengaged except to complain. I hate it when scripture sneaks up on me like that. One foot in front of the other, unengaged, complaining. You know, I'm busy. Life is a lot right now. I have the things, all the things. I have work and emails and kids. And if I didn't keep pushing on, well, I don't know what, but it seems like it would be disastrous if I stopped. So excuse me if I'm not engaged with all the things around me, but while I've got you here, while I'm in the pulpit, can we talk about tipping? What's happening with tipping? I used to know how to do this, and now the drive through asks for a tip. And don't get me started about guns and Americans and mass shootings. I have at least three sermons worth there. And insurance, hold on to your seat. I have things to say about the insurance industry, and most of them are not the least bit constructive. And oh my gosh, I'm trying to sell my house this week, this week, and this week, my neighbor decided to put his car up on these big red blocks so he could work on the engine right before there was an open house in my house. Oh my gosh. One foot in front of the other, unengaged, complaining, and tired, so tired. And to us, the spent, the exhausted, the complainers, Jesus offers, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Whew, I need to hear that this week. In our Book of Common Prayer, there are prayers for different parts of the day, morning and noon day and evening prayers, devotions for morning, noon, evening, and at the close of the day, and Compline, which is a service for bedtime prayers. These verses from Matthew are there in Compline because at the end of the day when my shoulders are sagging and my eyelids are heavy, the thought of someone taking my heavy burden so that I can rest is about the most soothing thing that anyone can offer. But that's not all Jesus has to say here. His invitation is to his invitation is to his invitation to rest is followed by a call to a different kind of work. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's also soothing when plucked out of context, but Jesus says this in the midst of irritation at those around him. Here are these people wasting time and energy on the wrong things. They read scripture and make sacrifice, but don't take care of the poor, the elderly, the widows, and the orphans. When prophets come, over and over they are maligned the way that John the Baptist and Jesus are. They're called demons or gluttons or drunkards defamed and discarded so that people don't have to face their own sin. I could have had a variety of reactions to my neighbor with the broke down car, and many of them are kind, thoughtful, encouraging, and loving. My reaction when I got home last night was embarrassingly none of those. We wailed and you did not mourn, Jesus said, but it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus is offering to share his yoke with us. And he's talking about the kind of yoke that goes over two oxen. 
And oxen is a powerful animal. I read that one can pull 5,000 pounds and that two together can pull 15,000 pounds. We together are more than just one plus one. Jesus offers the truth, gives clarity about what is most important, which lucky for us includes eating and drinking and making jokes together. He builds relationships and cares for those around him, especially those who have been cast aside. It's not complicated, but it also isn't easy. It's easy to imagine how a metaphorical yoke could become the strap in a three-legged race with one determined pink-faced child dragging their fallen partner behind them in an over-eager sprint to the finish. Jesus shares his yoke with us so that when it is time, we can share the yoke with someone who needs our strength without dragging them behind us. Nothing about that is easy. In fact, it's tempting to simply do things alone because it's less complicated than explaining and empathizing and working out a solution that is good for everyone and not just expedient for me. Over the years, my husband and I have gotten better at moving. We work together really well for the most part, but furniture is still a challenge. What has changed over the years is that we have learned the importance of communication. Before we even pick up the couch, we make a plan and talk about it for longer than seems necessary with more direction. There needs, needs to be accommodation for ability. If one person has a back injury or isn't as physically strong or has a terrible habit of giggling when things are going wrong. These are things that there must be understanding about before one and one's partner are wrestling a sleeper sofa in a hairpin stairwell. A wise person once said that if you can do it alone, you aren't dreaming big enough. Jesus is giving us the biggest dream, a world in which we treat each other as beloved of God, where we celebrate and weep together, where the rhythm of our hearts complement each other, where a broken down car evokes empathy and assistance, not irritation and judgment. Jesus offers you and me his yoke to share with him and to share with each other. He isn't taking over our job. He's giving us a totally different mission altogether. He shows us what is nonsense so that we can set it aside and reorients us to the work that will lift our hearts to be together to engage, to carry the yoke with each other is the work of being Christian. There is a proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Having been given to each other, we are equipped to do the work that Jesus did. It will take experience and practice and communication. It will mean accommodating different abilities, even if some, even some that seem inappropriate for the moment. It means caring for the most vulnerable, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, freeing the imprisoned, housing the unhoused. Figuratively, sure, but also literally. Jesus was irritator, irritated with the complainers back then, and I suspect he still is today. He showed us how to do it. He was present ate with people, joked with them. He saw people's true realities. 
and he held the hands and hearts of those who were suffering. He does still, and he calls us to as well. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <laughs>